Welcome to Wisdom for Living with Greg Moore. Join with Greg as he shares truth from the Word of God that will help you grow in wisdom and successfully navigate a balanced life with family, marriage, finances, and relationships. And now, here's Greg. Hey, it's great to be back with you today on another broadcast from Wisdom for Living, where we're talking about the wisdom of God and how uh, you can, first of all, recognize you have wisdom, how to access it, how to draw it out so that you're making good decisions in life. I don't know about you, but there's a, there are a lot of decisions that, that uh, I'm faced with every day, and I want to make good decisions, not just for my own benefit, but for the benefit of those I serve. And the things we're going to be sharing with you about today will help you to draw out that wisdom, to walk in wisdom, to make good decisions. Uh, and I'm just blessing you today with the wisdom of God. Well, I want to tell you another funny before we get started. Uh, this is about the Lone Ranger and Tonto. So the Lone Ranger and Tonto stopped in the desert, uh, in the desert for the night. And after they got their tent all set up, both men fell sound asleep. Some hours later, Tonto wakes the Lone Ranger and says, Kimosabi, look towards sky. What you see? The Lone Ranger replies, I see millions of stars. What that tell you? asks Tonto. The Lone Ranger ponders for a minute and then says, Well, astronomically speaking, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically speaking, it tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Time-wise, it appears to be approximately a quarter past three in the morning. Theologically speaking, it's evident that the Lord is all-powerful and has created this beautiful universe. Meteorologically, it seems we'll have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does that tell you, Tonto? Tonto's silent for a minute. And then said, Kimosabi, you dumber than rock. It means someone stole our tent. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Praise God. Uh, well, you know, we've been talking about how do you draw wisdom out? Um, and uh, we, we've talked about the principle of the fact that, first of all, we have to declare uh, and agree with and embrace the fact that he's been made unto his wisdom. And whenever we lack wisdom in our natural minds, uh, James 1.5 says we can ask for it and God will give it to us. But he said, ask in faith. In other words, approach your request based on, on a surplus of wisdom that you have abiding on the inside of you rather from a place of deficit. Uh, like you're going to a, a loan officer for an unsecured loan that you're not sure that you would receive. Then secondly, uh, if you, if you want to access wisdom, uh, he said in Psalm 51.6 that God desires to find truth in, in your inward part that he can make wisdom. And so uh, we need a personal relationship with God through his word where the wisdom of his word starts to manifest and where... He has some where we're giving, giving him something to work with so that he can make it wisdom. And he told us in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ 
dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So there's something about you, your and my, yours and my personal relationship with the Word of God where we're meditating on it and where we're allowing God to reveal His ways and His Word to us that he, he is, it gives Him access to, to make it wisdom to us. And the, the Word of God is the only thing in Hebrews 4.12 that can separate or divide between the soul and the spirit. And that really is one of the primary ways that I, that I hear God is once I determine what God, is, what God has placed in my spirit, then I know that's wisdom and I can act on it. But many times what we're waiting for God to do is to take us by the hand and, and with a, a prophetic word or some kind of, you know, uh, open or closed door or a fleece or, you know, so, uh, you know a, a vision or a dream uh, because we're not confident. We want, we want to have some, some exterior uh, supernatural way to, to confirm that we're hearing God. But all the time, we read it in 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 Second Second Peter chapter uh, uh, chapter one uh, that that the uh, the word of God the the written word of God is a more sure word than even the audible voice of God, and so you know there are people that have started cults and 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 got off way off into doctrinal error, following angels and dreams and vision uh, visions and I, I'm not against any of those things and God can speak to us in that way but that's not the primary way he talks to us and if we're going to walk in wisdom we have to place a value a higher value on the written word of God than all these other supernatural ways that God speaks I had a guy come to me one time and um, he he was telling me that he'd met this girl online and, uh, and I'd have no problem with that. Um, and she was fr from an Eastern European nation, and I have no problem with that. And he just met her. They've been talking on chat back and forth for a couple of months, and then he just, he just flew out there to meet her. And so now he's known her two months, and he comes in to talk to me asking for my blessing to tell me that, you know, well, God's spoken to him. He knows God has spoken to him that he's, they're going to get married now in six weeks. And he's asking my blessing. I think maybe he was wanting me to perform the ceremony, uh, but until after I got finished talking to him, I don't think he wanted that anymore. And, and I said, well, sir, look, I'm not Cupid and I'm not God, but I do know this, that, that, that God did not speak to you to marry that girl in six weeks. And here's the other thing. I know you don't love her. He said, I do too. I'm, I know I, I'm in love with her. I said, no, sir, you, you, don't, you don't love her. And he said, I, no, I know that, that, um, that, that I'm in love with her. And I said, no, sir, you don't. He said, how do you know I'm, I, I don't love her? And I said, well, I, I know God through his word. And God, and, and you're telling me something different than God, God's Word because God's Word says, I mean, God, God's Word said God is love. And in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. And patient, sir, 
right now, you are not. No, you're in heat. That's what you are. And, you know, the guy got mad and left and everything. And, and I wasn't cursing the relationship. I'm not, I wasn't against the relationship. But I know God's ways because I know His Word. And I know they haven't even been together long enough to have a good argument. And, and then there was 25 years difference in their age. And then there was uh, the cultural differences and language difference. And, and I said, you don't love this girl because you haven't taken enough time to work all of those things out to make sure this is God. I wasn't saying the relationship wasn't of the Lord, but I knew the way He was going about it wasn't the Lord. And He was trying to give me... See, he had this... He had this word from God that he had to get married in six weeks. I said, no, that's not God because I know. I know what the word of God says. And so uh, we, we, ha we have to make, we, we have to exalt the truth of God's word uh, uh, above every other, you know, supernatural way that God can speak and, and, and make sure our relationship with the word is strong so we can determine so I know God's ways. You don't have to, you know, it's not rocket science to figure some of the some decisions out. So the next principle that I want to share with you today is, is uh, and this is really important, is if we're going to draw on wisdom and, and walk in wisdom, we have to make the fear of the Lord the highest value in our decision making. Make the fear of the Lord the highest value in our decision making. Psalms 111 verse 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So what does that mean? We can't even begin to walk in, walk in wisdom or draw on God's wisdom that's within us until the fear of the Lord becomes a higher value to us than the fear of man, the opinions of others, what our friends think, what our relatives think what, you know, what uh, what are, what the government thinks, what what political party thinks, or you know anything else. But whenever we yield to the fear of man, it takes us out of the wisdom of God. Why is that? Because flattery, manipulation, blame shifting, selfish ambition, and lies rule a relationship that's built on the fear of man, not Jesus. And without Jesus, we don't have the wisdom of God. Proverbs 29, 25 says the fear of man brings a snare. It will actually cost you the ability to lead and, and it'll cost you wisdom. It'll cost you promotion. It'll cost you respect from men. It's what costs Saul his kingdom. You remember King Saul? Uh, when he, when Samuel told him uh, what to do, and he, and instead of following what the what the prophet and the priest told him to do, he did what he wanted to do, and because he, it says he he was afraid of the people, he was afraid of what people were going to think about him, and remember Eli, the priest, uh, lost his place in the kingdom, just like Saul did. King Saul, uh, the kingdom would have, would have remained in his hands if he, if he would not have made a choice to value what the people are thinking 
more than what God was saying. And, and Eli, the priest, was the same way. He, the, the Bible says in, in, a, in 1 Samuel 2, verse 29, that he honored his sons more than God. Wow. How many of us today are in similar situations where, you know, God's spoken to us and dealt with us about making a move, making a transition, but we're concerned about what our parents are thinking about it or what our children are going to say about it or, or what other people that we, we respect. And it's all right to have people that we respect but not, and friends that we respect and family that we honor but not greater than God. And this is what causes so many of us to miss the will of God, the wisdom of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God for our lives, because we're placing too great a value on what others think about us than, than what God says. And, you know, if you really knew how little people thought about you, you wouldn't worry. You wouldn't worry so much about uh, about it. Um, but the the bottom line is 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 uh, that that the fear of man is what stops the it stops dead in its tracks. It stops the wisdom of God from flowing from the inside out. It it will it will dam up the the wisdom that's on the inside. Act, being accessed in your in your mind, um, I, I I remember when uh, you I have shared with you that my parents were divorced when I was eight years old. I didn't see my dad very often, maybe once per year, and we had a decent relationship as far as being cordial and everything. But I, you know, I I never had my dad pat me on the back and tell me good job, son, and and, and all of this. And so I was, I was actually, for several years of my life, when I got out of high school, I started my own business. And, um, and I was obsessed with success because we lived in such, such abject poverty, uh, not from the standpoint of we didn't have enough food, but it was pretty much the same every night. We had goulash, uh, which is anything you can put in the pot, uh, and leftovers, leftover goulash, about four or five nights a week, and um, and I never was able to buy my own lunch at school, and so uh, uh, from the cafeteria. So I brought my lunch, and the bullies would go through, and and open up. They bust the lockers and and take my lunch, and I just I just swore I wasn't going to live like that. And so when I when I started my own business, I became very successful as a young man financially and um i was i was uh, finally my dad came around and and he didn't really pat me on the back and tell me good job but you could tell he was pleased with the fact that that i was doing well and uh, he was proud of that though he didn't tell me directly i could tell that he was happy with that because he was in business and and uh and he would he would introduce me to some other of his friends and and uh, and talk about the business that I was in, and I was just in my early 20s at the time. Well, when God began to deal with me about uh, going into ministry, 
uh, I actually had a high cash flow business and I was counting uh, money for a deposit one day and I heard this old Peggy Lee song, Is That All There Is? And basically that song she was singing about different things in life that she really valued, but then after she finished, after she bought the house or got the car or it may had this experience, then she had the question, is that all there is? And and that's what God dealt with me about, is, is that all there is? I, I knew there was more to my life than just making money. And so I began to seek the Lord, uh, began to follow the call of God. I mean, I, I, I began to follow uh, what uh, developed for, for what I felt like God was calling me into ministry. And I felt like he's, I mean, my wife came to me one day and told me, uh, and announced to me that she's a pastor's wife. And I said, well, that means, that means one of three things, that uh, I'm gonna die and you're gonna marry a pastor, or we're gonna divorce and you're gonna marry a pastor, or God's gonna speak to my heart and change my heart because I was a street evangelist at the time. We were out winning souls and, and I really didn't want anything to do with the lazy saints on the, on the pew because I couldn't get them to go out and, and, and win souls with me. And, and I said, well, God's gonna have to change my heart. Anyway, he began to speak to me, began to deal with me that he had a call on my life and, and he called me go, to go to Bible college. And, and so, man, I remember talking to my dad, talking to my mom, talking to uh, other friends in my life. They thought I was crazy. They thought I was nuts. Because, I mean, we were making sometimes thousands of dollars a week. I had a high, high cash flow business. I had a, uh, a, a wholesale florist business. And we were seeing uh, in Houston, Texas, and we were seeing all kinds of money come in. And, man, it was awesome. And, and, um, but, and, and we were able to give a lot. And, and so everybody thought I was nuts. Going to Bible school, what are you doing? Giving up this business. But I knew, I knew that God had this call on my life. And if I was going to draw on the wisdom of God for my life, I had to follow that. And I had to do that at the expense of favor with people that I was looking for favor from, like my dad, um, other friends, my uncle, um, and, and other people in my, in my life. And the bottom line is, is it you know, the call of God on my life and, and the wisdom and plan of God for your life? Many times, it's going to go the path of you having to make a choice. Are you going to value what God is telling you to do? Are you going to value what people are telling you to do? And I just had to make the choice. I don't care if it hair lips the devil. I don't care if, it, if other people get upset. I'm going to follow what God uh, has for me. And I'm not going to apologize for it. And I went to Bible school. And I finished, and then I came out, and I basically gave my business away. And I, I planted a church. We started a church, and, and things didn't work out perfectly, and it wasn't overnight success. But I'm telling you today, uh, I, am, I am living the dream. I'm in the sweet spot that God had for my life. And I have no regrets of following God's plan for my life. But yet, I really struggled for a time as a young man following uh, what I knew God put in my heart because I was concerned. 
about what other people thought. And and I, listen, guys, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is huge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But you walk in the fear of man, and you're going to forsake the wisdom of God. And I've experienced this over and over again in my life. I remember even uh, then I pastored uh, this church in Houston for three and a half years. Uh, we ended up merging that with another church. And, and, uh, and, and then I, I, I knew God had called us to North, North Texas uh, from South Texas. And uh, we took this church in Decatur, Texas. And it was a, we moved from Houston, Texas to Decatur, Texas, a, a city of four million people to a, a little town of 5,000. I thought God was sentencing me to anonymity, but he called me. I knew, he, he, he said, I've called you to pastor this people. And that church, where the church in Houston only grew to about 40 or 50 people in three years, the church in, in, in Decatur uh, exploded and we grew to about 400 from 50 in three years. And we were ministering one time uh, a good friend of mine who was an elder in my church, uh, Paul Milligan and I and, my, and myself, we were ministering to this gal one time and, and uh, she was really demonized, really oppressed. And while we were ministering to her, trying to set her free, Paul Milligan made a statement that's radically changed my life. He was speaking to her, but God was speaking to me. And, and, and he said, to fear God is to fear nothing else. And I thought, wow, I was the pastor of the church at that time, but I was afraid of everything and everyone. I was afraid about preaching on things that people may disagree with or didn't like. Uh, I was afraid of, of crossing different doctrine or, or uh, contradicting doctrine that really was weird doctrine that they had. And I, I, I really discovered after that time that I was teaching things to try to impress people. And I share, I've shared with you in earlier broadcasts, you can't, you can't bless those that you're trying to impress. And after that day, that revelation, you can't, to fear God is to fear nothing else. It was like I got born again again. It was like the sky was bluer, the grass was greener. I, and, and I was able to minister with such great confidence. Proverbs 14, 26 says, in the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence. I'm gonna stay with the truth, no matter who it connects me with or who it separates me from. Who, who is it in your life whose opinions that you valued above the Word of God? Listen, you can love and respect and honor your parents and yet value God above, above them. Uh, I've had to do that. I've had to make those choices. And you know what? God has ended up working those situations out. But the issue is this, is will you trust Him? Will you follow Him? In, in, in Luke chapter, uh, chapter 14, uh, Jesus said, you can't be my disciples if you value your family or your, or your career goals or your plans more than me. Um, 
I've had relatives and I have relatives and friends right now who, who believe that women's rights are greater than the right of the child that is in the life of the child that is in the womb of that mother. You know, I'm not going to argue with them, but I can't agree with that. I'm, I can't with any good conscience vote for a candidate who supports pro-choice or abortion. And I don't care who that connects me with or who that separates me from. I'm choosing life. But I'm more than that, I'm choosing the wisdom of God. I'm choosing wisdom. And you know what? I'm choosing the fear of the Lord. I'm not a, that doesn't mean I'm afraid of God. That means I value what God says above what anyone else thinks. And I'm trusting right now that God's using this to help, help you identify anyone in your life who's held you back from the wisdom of God. And I free you today to place the fear of God above everything else. To fear God is to fear nothing else. God bless you. Thanks for being with us today. Discover how to unlock the hidden wisdom of God and make good decisions for your life when you read Greg's brand new book, Walking in Wisdom. In this book, you will learn practical steps to help you reap the benefits of godly wisdom as Pastor Greg shares from over 40 years of walking out biblical truths and principles. Get your copy of Greg's new book by going to gregmore.com today. Today's teaching, Walking in Wisdom, is also available in a five-part CD or DVD album or on a USB flash drive containing both audio and video. Go to gregmore.com and order your copy today. If you've been blessed by today's teaching, we would like you to consider partnering with Greg Moore Ministries. Your partnership will help expand this broadcast around the world to give people the opportunity to grow in wisdom, Christ-likeness, and grace. Go to gregmore.com and become a partner today. You know, on today's broadcast, we've been talking about making choices of the fear of the Lord over the opinions of men. Uh, it's possible that uh, you have not yet made the ultimate choice, making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Uh, listen, it's very simple. Just open your heart to Him. Say yes to Him. Uh, wave a white flag and just surrender your life. God's got such a great plan for your life. Uh, he, he's got such... Uh, abundance for you and wisdom for you and and peace for you if you'll just say yes to the Lord or come back to the Lord if you've accepted him just say this this simple prayer with me Lord Jesus I open my heart to you I surrender to you I accept you today as my Lord and Savior I, I choose to follow your plan for my life and I today receive your forgiveness, your love, and your peace. And I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, contact us on gregmore.com and tell us about the decision you've made today. On our website, you'll find Greg's latest book release, 
free teachings, as well as many other resources. You'll be able to access his blogs, quotes of wisdom, and funnies of the week. While there, please connect with us and let us know how you or a loved one has been blessed by this ministry. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, you can order resources or partner with our ministry at gregmore.com or by writing to us at P.O. Box 7702, Woodland Park, Colorado, 80863. We look forward to hearing from you today.